mostly rap. No, he's he he was rapping on it. That's a really good album. Good. That's a really good album. So obviously J Cole. Like, yeah, Cole when his came out like that. I was had that on for like two weeks um, straight. That still I, comes on. I don't know if you ever if you listen to uh, Give Me On. His a little album. bit. I like that album a lot. Yeah, I figured you would. That's I like that album a lot. That's when I figured you would like. I didn't really listen. It his it's like nine songs, right? It's like pretty it, short. It is shorter. He has actually it's thirteen, Thir- but thirteen. But some of them are short. It's only thirty seven minutes, so it's a shorter project. Which one's this? Um, when it, uh, his album "When It's All Said and Done" take time. Oh, is that time. newer? Yeah, that's his latest one. "When It's All Said and Done" take time. So okay. there's 13 songs on that and 37. Because Times only eight songs. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I like that a lot. Wait. Okay, so it's when it's all said and done, take time combined. Yeah, when it's all said and done, dot, dot. So it's got one time. new song on it. Because combined, they're like, it's 12 songs. Yeah, so there's thir- I say it's 13. I mean, I don't, doesn't say the deluxe on Apple Music, but. No, nah, they're like it, two different EPs. So I'm guessing that those are on the track list. Um. Yes. And then. Yes. Oh, yes. see, yep, now it just came up. Yep. No, I like that a lot. Um, did you like the DJ Khaled at all? Randomly enough, I was just thinking about it. It was like it usually is, you know, it has a few good songs mm-hmm. that stick out. It's, I mean, it's really good. It's always, it's kind of cool. I went back and kind of looked through the track list and it's like, it's kind of like a snapshot of when, of like what music was at that particular year you know what yeah. i mean like whoever the biggest artists are so it's it's cool it's always got good r&b joints like it featured her a lot mm-hmm. one of the songs from that one made it onto her's album they dropped meeks first which i found was interesting yeah. i don't know why they did but it's um kind of like um i was gonna say uh no it's not even kind of like that uh i know on the other one there was SZA, i think on a couple songs mm-hmm. i think because she was like obviously that was right after control on not major key but father of Assad, i think it was okay but I think she was on a couple of songs. I know it was just us, and I think she was on another one. And I'm only thinking that because, like, I know her close, obviously close to an album, like the most popular voice at that time, tends to get on the DJ Khaled project. It seems to, so, yeah. He usually puts, he'll have a Drake one on there. He always has a Wayne one on there. Mm-hmm. He has, he's good to throw Jeremiah on one. Big uh, Shine. Like, you can always count on certain names to be on there. Nas was on this one too, right? Or was I wrong? Probably was. Probably was. I, I thought so, but I could have been wrong. I could be wrong about that. There was like a but, DMX trip. Oh yeah, it was. was really it was good. sorry, not sorry with Nas, Jay Z, Nas and Jay Z. Yeah, yeah. So they had one on that, and then Nas and Jay Z had a song on mm-hmm. on the DMX album as well. Yeah, yeah, that one was pretty good. What else? There's been a lot of great music. Um, but hers hers project's really good because that's like she wasn't really in her like musical bag. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is Kyle talking. Keenan on the War- other mic. Warner Brothers podcast. We're here because we don't introduce War- ourselves enough. Live. We just get right to the shits usually. Like we just get to talking. Then I don't even think to introduce myself. So my fault. My fault. I know our like, fault. We're, our we're fault. like communicating. We go from there. And but Warner Brothers podcast. We are here. As I was talking about with her, that's that's that, that album's got like a different sound from what she usually does. Like it's more of a current. What's on the radio sound kind of mm-hmm. to some degree. Not all the way through, but like. More than what she would normally do. Like, she's a really yeah. musical artist, uses instruments. This is more produced, and she fucking still sounds like just as nice over that sort of sound than her original sound. You know what I mean? She's yeah. super talented. Like, she's unbelievably talented. Not to, not like, a, a I did not expect compar- to, like, 
talk about her this much. On this, <laughs> Not a direct comparison, but, but like kind of almost Kendrick in a sense. And I mean that in like the Kendrick on Tabimpa Butterfly showed how in like how he likes intricate noise, like taking all of eras. And then with Damn, he came back and kind of took today's yeah, sound. That's kind of a like, good comparison. Yeah. And kind of just like, yeah, I can do this too. Like, I like of, to play around, but I can do this. That's Kendrick. Yeah. Ke- that's, that's a pretty good comparison. Actually. I think she, her herself, she reminds me of Prince, just how multi-talented she, mm-hmm. she is. But, uh, that's a very good comparison with Damn. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. That is basically like her version of Kendrick's Damn. Cause yeah, yeah he hopped on a lot of, club sounding songs but still was like talking DNA, his DNA element yeah. obviously loyalty love like just more popular no, like and was still talking sounds. his social justice shit mm-hmm. like Kendrick does yeah so that's a very good comparison between Kendrick and her shouts to both of them yeah hopefully Kendrick is coming out with an album soon at Who the some hell knows point when? it's it's been over four years I would think it's, it would be before 2022 like I would just think I would hope I would hope Who I knows? hope I need something but he's a uh, He's one that, whenever it is, we will all be ready. Oh, yeah. But I, I would like to think it would be mm. before 2022. If not, hopefully on January 1st of 2022. We need yeah. one, though. We uh-huh. need one, though. I'm really interested, though. You said something about J. Cole and LeBron at the end of the last podcast. Yes. What it, so yes, yes, yes. Okay, pod. so I was, before the offseason came out, which I think is probably one of his two or three best projects, including mixtapes. I was listening to the freestyle that he had on LA leakers. I don't know if you mm-hmm. heard that at all. And the first, the first beat was over 93 to infinity. Mm-hmm. And which I think is also, it's also like one of the best freestyle beats ever. Like I, mm-hmm. that freestyle beat. I love it anyways. Um, so he went over that, but actually on the warm up. He actually went over that beat to infinity. So I compare, I listened to both of them and I was comparing old J Cole to new J Cole. And it reminded me of LeBron in the sense of you could hear the maturation in him. Like the hunger is different, but the hunger is different, but it's still there. Like 2020 LeBron, regardless of, regardless of what, like obviously him being less athletic, but like he's still every night's going to give it. He's going to put in a hundred percent in everything, but it's different. Like in Oh five with LeBron, I was just thinking about him sideline, like after a big play, like really celebrating with his teammates, like jumping up and down, like, you know, with the time, like Joe Kim Noah came over to him and was talking because he was mm-hmm. like, and that's how Cole felt in early 2000, like that would be 2008 to 2010 to me. Okay. And then later on, you can just tell that before he was trying to obviously earn his respect and like show I'm here, I'm better than you, but like, and now just feels like he already knows. Like, it, it, obviously you're going to feel that as an artist, but it just mm-hmm. gave me that kind of feel with it. It was a weird, I know weird comparison, but that's just. I know more. exactly what you mean. Cause yeah. I feel like, like you said, most rappers, especially like big popular rappers mm-hmm. like that, like they reach that point in their career where they do, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. you just tell the confidence is different. But that, I mean, I that's with anybody at that yeah. at any level, really. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I just, I'm still trying to grasp the LeBron one. I don't really see it as a LeBron. I'm trying to think. I guess for I guess for just because they haven't been in the game just as long because LeBron's been in well go LeBron's been to LeBron's been since two thousand three J Cole's been since two thousand eight really on the one like so 
Yeah, because I would say the first time I hold, heard J. Cole was like 2009. I was yeah. going to say about 2009, like really 2010. 2009 yeah. 2010. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just. So, because he wasn't, feels it, like he's right. J. Cole feels like he's smack dab in the middle of his prime to me right now. Like, okay. so that's where I'd say it's different. Because LeBron's obviously uh, at the end of his career. Yeah, I, I get that. I guess the time frames. To, I don't know. I just something. But I get the comparison. When I was saying like, like you, you could just it, like you can hear the youngness when you listen to the old J Cole, like the inexperience compared mm-hmm. to like when you've been through it. Yeah, it's just and, shit, and, and he still feels. But and the thing with me is like a lot of some players will lose that hunger as much. Like I know Melo mm-hmm. kind of lost the hunger, but then came back with it. Like, like a, I don't even know if he not, lost maybe the hunger, not hunger, but, but he just kind of. But I, there's some players when they get older, they lose the hunger. It still feels like J. Cole has it. He just now solidified and like knows what he is. That's right. The great ones stay hungry. That's why. That's why LeBron is LeBron. You know. And, and J. Cole's J. Cole. He he said something that I have. A, I'm interested to see if you. He said, "Who else put out more fire but got less reward?" J. Cole said in one of those freestyles. Do you think that's semi? I mean, obviously you'd have to go back, but like offhand, do you think that's like semi true? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, because he's never. It's like, different for me because I mean, contrary to pretty much everyone else, either my age or a little younger, like pretty pretty much between my age and your age, yeah, like thinks Cole is like the greatest thing ever, which I agree. He is. He this is my favorite Cole album of all time, probably. Like this probably leaped up to number one as far as like the kind of Cole I want to hear, like album? all over like those East Coast beats, and he was just like that's the best <sighs> rap that I've ever heard. Start to finish from J. Cole. Like, I love that album. Right? Early J. Cole, my thing with J. Cole was... I didn't like the music he was on. Like, he was doing the radio stuff, and it didn't really fit him. He'd have, like... Like a lot of artists when you're on a major label. You'll have three songs that are really for you. You got a couple songs for the club. A couple R&B songs. Something that are made strictly for radio. They're more pop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's going to distort your sound a little bit. That's why, like, Cole... Really started to like sound like J. Cole on uh, Forest Hills Drive. Yeah. Like that's why that's probably like the most recognizable album to him. That's when like ever since. Is that a classic then, to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I'm just yeah, making. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So I, I was thinking about it because the off season I think has to mature more. He, that's an instant classic, I think. You, you do think it's instant? To me, I mean, just okay. Cole, the way Cole was rapping from track one, he had camera on the intro. I love that. Like I was hyped to hear that. It was nice All to hear him with features too on that. It was like. Yeah, that's a great album. That's a great. I definitely like Cole, third album, and on way better than those first two. So as I was saying, like those first two albums when he wasn't really rapping, rapping, and he was kind of trying to find himself. You know, I didn't, think, I didn't think he was living up to his potential compared to like his mixtapes. Mm-hmm. Compared to those early mixtapes, say Friday, I would say Friday Night Lights Friday is Night a Lights, classic. He's that's like, a classic mixtape. And Cole's rap, and that's where it like. To back it up all the way to 2008, 2009, he was getting Nas comparisons, you yeah, know? Yeah, I'd say on, Bor- on um, Born <laughs> Center, he does have a song called Let Nas Down. Because exactly. Because of, of the sideline story and how it went around, and that's actually a good song. And Nas, I don't know if I've said it here before, but I've said it in conversation from, like, from Nas's first project with, like, Main Source all the way back in, like, I don't know if it was 91, 92, before Illmatic. From then to now, he is every bit as great of a rapper like he has not lost a step at all like mm-hmm. Nas is an unbelievable rapper like yeah. no shit like with that statement but like seriously listen to some how some greats like well, you said just like kind of fall off he may not be the best rap artist ever but he's maybe the best rapper ever yeah like you like could argue like he can like like he had a he had a verse on a on a Swiss Beats album a couple years ago 
he just killed like that guy can rap circles uh, around anybody all day. Nas album done on major key I think it was he went <laughs> off I'm just thinking about that, the latest the title always makes me laugh Nas album, Nas album and I don't even think he even like released an album until like two years yeah after I was just I'm just thinking of those but yeah um I think J. Cole See, I'm I'm a person who likes Born Center more than like you do. Yeah, I like I, I don't. See, I wouldn't even listen to that album. You know see, I, mean? I do. I do. I like that. There are songs on it I get, but like I think, I think you may like some of it more now than you would before. There, I'd probably listen to it more. Like actually give it a listen and see it before, but I, but you it's think still not like the one with TLC, Crooked Smile? Yeah, I hate that fucking song. That's like <laughs> one of the biggest songs I hate from. Jay see, Cole. I don't hate that song at all. That song's like I can hear it in my head right now, and it's mad annoying. Like, um, I can't see. see I don't hate it. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, so you think Off Seasons is best album? I do, I do. Okay, okay. Um, I think it's up there, definitely. I would say top three. I would say uh, no order. A Born Center that in uh, twenty fourteen for Hills Drive for sure. See, like I like Kod much more. Than all of his earlier albums, like KOD's See, I like it. I like three. it'd probably be the off season, Forest Hills Drive, KOD in the third spot, and mm-hmm. then probably For Your Eyes Only. For Your Eyes Only, I think is a little underrated. Yep, I don't think people talk about that one enough. I'm, I like that one a lot. I'm a huge Cole fan. Yep. So I've yeah, I fuck so, with Cole. Like, so Cole's I'm, definitely he's one. Like I said, he's not to cut you off. But no, like, you're good. I've I've seen it from start to finish and like he's one I was really rooting for and I was so disappointed by the time his second album because I liked the first album mm-hmm. it just wasn't where I wanted it to be lyrically I guess you know what I mean at that time like nine, 18, tra- 19 year old me he was still trying time. to find himself at absolutely that point. And that's what you find out later when you're you know what I mean like once you kind of grow with it you're like oh which is okay, why which know? is why Kendrick is so crazy because it was like he already he came in with Section eighty like he was still finding himself but, but Section still- eighty was also a mixtape so he could use it yeah. technically so he's yeah. always been on Top Dog so that's always been his sound j yeah. cole was signed to rock nation so you gotta please you know what i mean mm-hmm. so in his sense it's not his fault at all that's every major artist oh no for sure but, it's just crazy to it's like and like listening to it it's like it obviously you know how cole went through the like kind of bumps mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like kendrick did that it, it just be yeah. like musically it doesn't obviously he did as an artist learning how to perform in different things mm-hmm. and obviously having j-rock in front of him on top dog you see, like, oh, that's somehow not to do that. This is how I'm going to market myself because you have someone to look up to. But it seemed musically, because I like Overly Dedicated, which is his mixtape before Section 80. Then Section 80 is a classic to me. And then, obviously, Good Kid, Mad City, classic. To Pimp a Butterfly, classic. And then Damn Depends. I probably wouldn't, but it's around borderline, mm-hmm. personally, for me. So, um... It just seems like Kendrick never had that bump where I'm like with Cole even side like the warm up and then side uh, Friday Night Lights great and then the sideline story was okay. I'm a fan of Born Center more than most like your age. I know younger people probably like 22 just because there's more radio hits and they're like 14, 15 listening to that. They're like, oh, I can identify with that more. I'd like it more than like your generation would. And then moving on, obviously for 2014, Forest Hills Drives really what put him high high on the map yeah i mean that's when he just started fitting more of his style and rapping mm-hmm. rapping you know what i mean uh platinum and no double platinum and no feature or triple yeah platinum, that maybe. was that was a legendary meme as well the platinum and no feature yeah but uh i wish i really wonder like if you took a rapper like j cole and you 
he had like an underground label or a independent label, I should say, mm-hmm. like Kendrick, what his music sounds like, you know, with the sideline story. And uh, what's the second album? Would you say? Born Center. Born Center. Be really interested to see like if he, it was his direction, what those albums sound like. I bet we think of J. Cole a little differently, a little differently, Dep- like all around. Mm-hmm. He probably get the same praise still because he was oh, supposed yeah. to because he was, you know, definitely he was the next one up. Him and Drake were kind of like billed as the next Jay-Z and Nas. And then Kendrick came in and just swooped. Yeah. Yeah. Ken- Kendrick was underneath like we'd we'd heard of him and then he came like three years later. But yeah. And he would be like what I would say, like the three stacks. He's always reminded me of Andre three stacks. Just how oh, yeah. how they're like, just the rappers. Like, rappers listen you know like I mean? to yeah and damn like I could see mm-hmm. Andre 3000 recording that like now. Right. Like, there's yeah, like yeah, songs yeah. like that. You just hear it. And then obviously lyrically Andre 3000 could hop on a track now and have probably verse of the year. Just because exactly. he's that crazy. And exactly. Yeah, he's Kendrick an, has that effect too. He's another, yeah. All three of them are an MC's MC who could just, mm-hmm. no matter what, they could not rap for eight years and then just pick up the pen and, yeah, have the first of the year yeah. if they wanted. You know, it's yeah, crazy. It is crazy. So tonight, game two, what did you think of game one? Game one was, uh, was a very fun game for us. Yes. Well, I can't. This is going to be a great series. Like, oh. I don't see any way it's not a, at least a six-game series. People I'm, who are ever seeing, like, Suns and Four, Suns and Five need to... I, I think they need to stop. <laughs> if, it, if it is... Suns and Four because of the dude uh, who... You saw the clip of the guy knocking out dudes in the Jamal Murray yeah. jersey, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's, that's always funny. But, yeah, that's not happening. I mean, it could... I mean, if it, Chris Paul blacks out... Obviously, like, it could Giannis, happen, but, like, I... Highly, I, yeah. I would highly doubt that to happen. Like six is the minimum for me because obviously we were talking last time on the podcast how if Giannis came back by game two, I thought it'd be seven. Giannis looked much better than I thought he was going to look. Like yeah, he, he looked great. I mean, I figured he would just because they he looked not, they would they wouldn't rush him out. You know what I mean? Like if they were going to play him, it would be because. He was healthy enough, I would assume. And yeah, he looks great and he's going to be stronger tonight, I would assume. Yeah, see, like for me, it just like watching him, I didn't think he was going to be that explosive. Hmm. And he has kind of not just obviously him and Zion, I'm thinking of, they just have, and Westbrook, they just have no chill. Like they don't understand. Like that yep. chase down block, I don't, 98% <laughs> of the league doesn't even try to, not because they can't, because they're like, oh, I just coming off, I'm just coming off of a knee injury. Mm-hmm. But someone like Zion, you would do it. Someone like Westbrook would go for it. Like, I'm not even sure if LeBron would do it just because, like, in game not one. Not now. Not now. Maybe not now. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe, maybe before, so. but like, because, yeah, LeBron went for it all the time. But like, they're just players that would be like, ah. I mean, he game, does have the blocks. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, yes, game seven. But I'm saying in game one, second quarter, it's like, I, I just came off a knee injury. Let me chill for a moment. Giannis is like, nope, that, that, that's mine. <laughs> yeah, Giannis snatched it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's me. Um, I, you know, if the Suns win tonight, if they happen to win tonight, that's going to get really dicey for the Bucs. Like, yeah. That's when. Because three's a must win, obviously. Yeah. That's when. That's when just each win gets really mm-hmm. much, much harder. You know, I don't see it'd be hard to see them winning like four out of five after that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Drew Holiday needs to come alive a little bit more. I think he does. He, he needs to assert himself a little yeah, more. Yeah, he just needs to kinda like when Giannis was out and he actually asserted himself, he just needs to basically say, Hey, I'm just as good as Chris Middleton scoring wise. I need to go. Yeah, he's he's definitely just gotta get to the rim a little more. I mean, he's got the size advantage on Chris oh, yeah. Paul, especially he's I think 6'5", 6'6", Drew Holiday. Um, 
But the Bucks got the tools. Budenholzer's a questionable coach. He really is. Like, he just doesn't make many adjustments. Like, you could see he kept switching everything, mm-hmm. which is, if anybody's ever seen Chris Paul play the game of basketball, like, that's what he's going to want. Like, he's going to want he's Brooklyn literally... to switch out on him. Like, that's just, that's food to Chris Paul. And then, you know, same with Devin Booker. You got Devin Booker with Brooke Lopez or whoever on him. Bobby Portis. I mean, he's going at him. Exactly. Bobby Portis. I liked at the end of the game. I hope, I hope uh, Coach Bud was watching. Giannis <laughs> at the five worked. Yeah, because like I think Giannis at the five is probably like I'm taking Brook Lopez. He scored well, which helped them. But hopefully, you're gonna hope that Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday can do more offensively. I'm playing Brook Lopez maybe 18 to 20 minutes and pulling the leash. Like I, I would, I play him a lot more than that. Given see, he can play and he can score, he gives you a lot. See, I w- it's the matchups thing, but there's there's ways around mm-hmm. that. They could zone up. I, but as far as the end of the game, absolutely, I'm playing Giannis. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Giannis at the five seems like Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, and I don't even know, maybe and possibly Portis, but like probably not. Like, I'm but trying to think going, of a five, but if that would be. Because Portis is giving them good minutes. But yeah. if you went Brooke Lopez for 20 minutes, that's hard because then you're giving like a guard, maybe like Bruin Forbes. The yeah, other Forbes. half of the minutes, which is you don't want. You'd rather have Brooke Lopez on the floor than Bryn Forbes for that long. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't reduce it that much. But I, I guess do agree maybe with you I guess maybe five. have him play his normal rotation through three, and then in the fourth quarter, like with Yank eight him. minutes left, just because I think he got pulled midway through the third, and he didn't. He did not return. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they made a little bit of a comeback with Bryn Forbes and them. Yeah, because so. Forbes can shoot, and then. Giannis becomes obviously a point center at that mm-hmm. point at times, and I just think, I think without Brooke Lopez in, it helps them just because they can. If they're gonna switch everything, you're gonna want Giannis to be the one switching on Devin Booker and Chris Paul rather than Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez for so, sure. But I would switch up my defensive assignments because I agree. I mean, when it's crunch time, crunch time. When it gets to game six, game seven, and it's their best five. I'm going to guess Brooke Lopez is going to be in that lineup with them. And they got to have a different assignment for sure for him, whether it's a zone, whether it's like drop coverage or whatever it is on a, on a pick and roll. You yeah, know what I mean? Especially because Aiton's not going to kill you from the mid range. He can shoot it, but he's mm-hmm. not going to kill you. And Aiton, we went all last episode with the, without even mentioning DeAndre Aiton. He has been a monster. I remember like thinking in the first round, like his first three games, he was averaging like, I think like 20 and 12 or something like that. Like, cause he'd been grabbing like 14, 15 rebounds, this and that Mm -hmm. and protecting the paint. And I'm like, you know, that's no accident. Like game one game, sure. But then it's game two and game three in the first round. I'm like, Oh shit. And he's kept up the same. He's averaging like 16 and 12 was like 70% shooting from the floor. Like this, he's going nuts. And it's like, it's all Chris Paul. Like what Chris Paul has done with that team is nothing short of incredible. Like, yeah, he's had the injuries this postseason. As far as the other teams, like, sure, that's a break. Like, that's definitely a break. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, just in the regular season, the camaraderie they had. And, like, it was just put Chris Paul in. And then all cylinders were, like, on fire mm-hmm. as from, from the go. Like, that's that's tough to do. Like, that's Chris Paul's greatness. He did the same thing in OKC last year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the improvement he can bring to a team just by being him and just by, like, being a coach on the floor is insane like that's why he is the point god you know what i mean yeah and um i can't remember who was 
who was talking about this, but I think they're, they're talking about how with Chris Paul, I think it's working even better than it did before. Obviously, he was doing this always, but like it's even you're seeing the effects of it more because he's doing it with younger players. Which that could be. Which I saw. Which I was thinking about, and that's interesting, just because. I mean, he's never really played with like old. He, you know, what I mean, he's never yeah. really been on the veteran veteran squad, unless you want to say Houston. But I yeah. mean, it's sometimes I was gonna say some. Well, sometimes it's hard with players that are really well established and know like what they do to tell them kind of what to do. I would disagree I with that because he had that whole Clippers team was like young in their careers, as far as like their core, like DeAndre and Blake. They were in year three, year four when Chris Paul got there. Yeah. No, I mean like. Well, I'm, I'm just saying that sometimes it, I understand. I'm saying it's harder to tell older players to. I'm saying that may be why in Houston it didn't fully work. I mean, it. I mean, worked it almost as, did. Work. They went 65, but I don't. Even, it was a weird dynamic, I guess. It most definitely was because it? like Harden and Chris Paul couldn't play on the floor fully together that well. And I mean, they did. It worked when it was on and off because they. You got to figure they staggered it. Yeah, when I mean, they're know? on and off, I meant like the same time. I'm like, I don't know. It was a little, uh, that dichotomy seemed a little weird to me. Regardless, even when Definitely. they got him, I mean, obviously they won sixty five, took the Warriors to seven. So it's yeah. not like they were bad. Because yeah, they basically did. They you know, if Chris Paul had the ball, it was your turn, my turn, this shit. Yeah, and they, they turned Chris Paul into a spot up shooter. Like obviously his assists went down those years. So de- it was definitely weird. But I guess that was just kind of what I was thinking about, and comparatively to like OKC in the Suns, he's kind of had like full control and yeah. all the younger players are like looking up to him, even yeah. if they are annoyed of it. Like just cause obviously you can tell he practice, he's like on everybody to yeah. the point where it's like, all right, Chris, come on. But he does it for good reason and it works. So yeah, most of, yeah I mean, who, how many players on this earth know more basketball than Chris Paul? Like 10, if, if that, <laughs> maybe, if that. you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, that's exactly who you want on the team. And yeah, it's, from all accounts, like what everyone says, is Chris Paul is like extremely hard to play for yeah. for that reason. So yeah, it probably was a problem in Houston. It definitely like that's mm-hmm. why Chris Paul wanted out by the sounds of it because you know I mean James Harden's James Harden. I don't really know which other way to put it. Like he's gonna have the ball, he's gonna dribble the ball, all that you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, he's been he's been awesome to have in this league, and like it's gonna suck when that era is like officially gone. Like with him, Bron, Melo, like we only have probably. For sure, three years left of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then obviously like Dwight Howard, but I can, and Dwight uh, Howard, yeah, you throw like him people in that like that who are still even making contributions on teams. It's gonna be weird to see them all gone, but the league's in a perfect place. Mm-hmm. It's gonna I, be. It's also gonna be weird to see like Harden, Curry, Westbrook gone, like because yeah. they're gonna. They still they, got a little more time, no, they, especially like Curry yeah, and Harden. In three years, they're gonna turn into LeBron and Chris Paul. Which is weird. They're gonna I turn think, into. I think Steph's got like eight more years in them. I see, think. I think Steph's got about like, but I mean, like LeBron. I think had. Yeah, but I'm just saying they're gonna turn into those old players. Mm-hmm. Which is that. That's what I mean more so. I just think it's gonna be really weird that like Curry it, in three years is gonna be 36 and he's gonna turn into that old player who's really good. For sure, it's yeah. just gonna be weird. It will be. Yeah, it's definitely weird when players from that era age because you know, or from a certain era, like. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it was weird for me. Like with all the all the players I grew up on, like KG, T Mac, Kobe, like that whole generation, because they all retired. Like what Kobe retired in twenty sixteen, so they all retired within like that. Tim Duncan was four fifteen because he after the. I think he retired the same year as Kobe. After oh yeah, because he's obviously and, and so did KG because they're all in the. Yeah, so they all retired after two thousand sixteen. Then yeah. and yeah, I like think. Pierce was fifteen. Like they were all in that range. So 
yeah, these players, like, you know, Durant, he's probably got another five to eight. I think Durant's going to be... Dirk. I, I th- and I mean, I mean Dirk in the sense of, like, Dirk played 21 years. Yeah, at the end he'll be Dirk, but, like, the, I think these next... If Durant stays healthy these next two or three years, like, oh, it's going to be fine. scary. No, he's fine. Durant's, like, at the tail end of his prime. Maybe. Maybe. I mean... I really, like... It may I be, and it may be, he, like he's in his prime or the tail end of it, whatever it I, is. He just played better than I think I've ever seen him play before. Like, right, like his last, like his last stint with the Warriors before he tore his Achilles, uh-huh. and then right now he's played better than I think he's ever played. Personally, yeah, I, I think mean. he's at his peak. So I don't, I don't see. I think the next two or three years he's gonna be the best player in the league. Like, yeah, yeah, I, without I mean, a doubt. So for I, me, he's two now, and I'm probably one. Honestly, he's I probably think he's the one. best player right now. I mean, I'm, LeBron will have to prove it to me again if he is still that or not. If he's taking a step back, but yeah, Kevin Durant's you, been two for me forever, and I would say he slides up to one now. If you get yeah, if you gave me any player right now, it'd be Durant. Like he yeah, he played. Yeah. He's been playing yeah. at such an e- like he just literally plays at like thirty percent, and will just. It's easy. It's so easy for him. Too he, easy for him. It's scary how easy it is for him, honestly. It sucks. When you have it, Kyrie and Harden like to take up space, no one no one's beating Brooklyn next year. Like I'll just say that right now. I don't see anybody beating Brooklyn next year. It depends on what obviously happens in the offseason, but it as of presently constructed right now, it is going to be tough. I just don't know they, how you stop either all three of them they, and then with shooters around mm-hmm, them. They played more together than I thought they were going to be able to fully, like sharing the ball. Yeah, given Harden pretty much point guard, like that worked way better than I thought. It like I didn't even, th- you know what I mean? Like we all talk like beforehand, and then like it happens. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot James Harden's basically been point guard. Yeah, for the no, Rockets. James Harden being the point guard, the, the part of me that didn't like it fully was Ky- the Kyrie aspect. You don't like him being the two guard? No, I I I like him being the. I just felt like Kyrie was gonna take away from Harden and Durant. Yeah, you were calling for a trade day one. No, I was calling. Yeah, I was calling for when the Harden trade was. Ha- I was saying trade Harden for Kyrie because if you have Harden as the one, Durant there, and then you still have people maybe not. They would have Levert a deeper and, team. Maybe not Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie, but one of the two, and then you still have Jared Allen. I was like, they're gonna be let them nine deep with then. Harden running the one and then the best score in the game mm-hmm. under on the wing. That's what I was saying. I think obviously they're not going to be bad with Kyrie Irving, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, bad with Kyrie Irving. I just felt that that was the better move. So it's going to be interesting to see next year. But if all of them are playing on the same, if they're all playing together and cohesive, it's a, pretty much a wrap as the teams are lined up currently. Yeah, because if they, if they. If they get through uh, the Bucks, like if they stay healthy this year and they get through the Bucks, which they prop they definitely do. I think they win in like five or six. I think six. probably six. I think they would win in six if they were all healthy. They'd get through Philly. Oh no, it would have been Atlanta. Oh sorry, Atlanta. Sorry. They, they would have mopped sorry. the floor with Atlanta. It's a joke. <laughs> they got Atlanta. Yeah, they would have killed Atlanta. I think this would be a five game series as good as I think Phoenix is. I think they run through Phoenix like. Well, yeah, I mean, Maybe they get six because it's Chris Paul. Wanted, I'd, probably, but like, I'd probably go six just because of how good of a team Phoenix is. But like at the same time. And I hate to say that because like fuck Brooklyn. But who's guarding Durant? And Kyrie and James Hard. Well, <laughs> like, I was going to say you have Chris Paul and Kyrie. Cool. For like, a bit. He can play him. But like cool. And then you have Devin Booker or Jay Crowder. You have Jay Crowder and Kevin Durant. Sorry. No. <laughs> just, just no. And the reason why I say that with Durant. Like what made me think of it. 
I see like Team USA training camp just started. Durant's on that team. He's going to be taking that. He's the number one guy for sure, for sure on that team. He's going to oh. be taking that beyond serious. And he's just, I think he's just going to come back like another level because. USA all, basketball always after yeah after Olympic year like just go look at your favorite players whoever you think is a star in that league if they played on team USC USA the year before USC they USC, played for the Trojans they played for USA the year before like just go look at their stats the next Wade year 80809 almost had his best season LeBron had one of his best seasons yeah, ever yeah that definitely was Wade's best season no, that was probably, definitely, yeah. yeah it was Wade's best season one of Kobe LeBron's had a great best year that season. year like yep. Melo had a great year that year every like it always happens it you know it's probably I'm assuming just all the stars being around each other, just that that competitive juice. I don't know what it is, but like, yeah, it you can never count it out. Like Lucky's, whoever's on that team will always have like a all NBA. Actually, even thinking back to it, Barkley after that yeah. one because he went to he won right? MVP and then went to the finals and lost to six with Mike. But I'm just thinking of yeah. the players then. But yeah, no, it's because you're around. You're one playing basketball, so you have to stay in more shape than you normally would. Yep. It's just easier to stay in shape when you're consistently playing basketball, and then you're around the greatest athletes in the world. So you're practicing against the greatest athletes in the world, picking up their so, habits. Probably. So you're just you know? you're learning more, and it's just like as other people are playing into a rhythm for the first month, you've already got pretty much your rhythm because you go into USA basketball get a little break and then it's training camp and mm-hmm. then preseason and then you're you're back in the season again which you don't get fully a break but at the same time for especially for the young people you're just playing basketball year round it's like you're playing AAU again to some degree I, I mean, mean it's bit. completely di- obviously <laughs> it's different bit. obviously it's different I mean I mean AAU in the sense of their season's over and then you got AAU basketball and then you're playing and the and you're like you're constantly playing like competitive basketball rather and not just actual AAU. <laughs> if that's true that like, you know, the trend holds true that everybody should be scared like of Damian Lillard what oh. he's going to do next year because oh. his last two seasons were already just like nuts. Curry levels type stuff we've seen from him, just like Dame style. Now this year like who knows like do you think Dame gets moved? Like what's going on here? I personally don't think he is. I, don't I mean think even he though he's will, kinda, but I hope he does. I don't. I mean, I'm, I I can't stand see, everybody moving. No, see, I kind of. I, like, I want. Okay, so I'm fine with Dame staying. Portland just needs to change their they team. Do something. And I thought they're like a real contender, but they couldn't stop anybody on defense. I've been caught like it's for me. It's been I wanted them to get rid of CJ McCollum for like three and a half, four years now. And which not, now they will. And it's not even but, because they don't. Where it's just you have. Lillard, who's six one, who is a solid defender but not great, and then you have McCollum, who is six two, six six one, six two, who is a okay defender, but they both can score, but they just can't guard anybody. And I don't really even think that matters. For honestly. me, that matters just because you need like Curry, Clay. One of them can play defense. Like the reason why I think it don't matter is because if your other three can play defense, which was not the case with them, you know they had. I mean, Mellow, they got Anthony. They got a lot of Nurkic. They got a lot of people who were not good defenders. But if you got a good team around that, like take maybe the Jazz, for example, who can play like Mike Conley, Ingles, Bogdanovich. Who could, they can play better defense than you would think. But like, oh yeah, even that. That's even a bad example. But like the Clippers last round, they played like four guards at one time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think getting around with guards is fine because of how little defense you can really play on people like someone like cj and dame i think that team or that backcourt works if you got you know 
a Jay Crowder type around, you know, more like three and D guys who can switch. Like if you got more surrounding them, kind of like Curry and Golden State that can play defense, I think that works. Yeah. That would be my thing. Because I think four years ago, yeah, the 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 two smaller backcourt, like I that guess won't it could, work. I guess you're right. It could work more now. So definitely. But I was, I was just, I was also thinking back to, I was always like, they need to move off of, CJ, because obviously you're not gonna. Why would trade? Why trade one of the best players in the entire planet mm-hmm. for no reason? Like get rid of CJ because you can get good. You can get a good return for CJ. Like I wouldn't mind right now for them CJ for Ben Simmons. Yeah, that's one that was. I used to throw that to Steve, aka Stowe. I used to throw that to him all the time. Like I would just message him like, "Hey, CJ for Ben," because you know that was definitely something that was there. Or they could have done at any point. I don't know yes. if they could still do it now. It seems like Simmons' trade value has tanked th- a little bit, but I, I think, think he'll still could, get a good return. But I don't know well, if Portland I think he would could. Do that. I think he could. I. It'd be tough, but I think I would like to see a, a Dame and Simmons backcourt would be kind of cool. That would create a lot of looks for uh, Lillard. For Dame. Would have, Lillard wouldn't have to. And I like. It. I love it for Philly. Like I would love CJ. Oh in yeah, Philly. you That'd have be a, good for Joel too. Like you have get a yourself closer. a true point guard. I mean, not that Embiid can't close, but you have like a guard CJ, closer. Yeah, he can he's, get a shot anywhere. Close. I love CJ in the game. That takes, and I think that works. I think Tobias Harris would play better because Tobias Harris needs to be the number one wing scorer on that team with Ben Simmons now. Now you. I mean, that's t- pretty much what he was anyway. Well, no, I'm just. I don't. I just don't feel like he's the number one wing scorer on a championship team. I feel like he'd be the like the second. Like if. So like, Why would you say he should be the number one then? What? Didn't you just say he should be the number one? No, I'm saying he sh- doesn't have to be the number one anymore. I'm saying oh, on yeah. this on the Sixers team, he was the number one option. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. Embiid's inside, and then your best score on the mm-hmm. outside is Tobias Harris. I'm saying with CJ there, he works he wor- better being like two. being kind of what not differently, but like Harrison Barnes or like what that guy. Because yeah. you don't have to require him to get twenty to twenty five. Yeah, he, makes him a deeper if, team. But if he does get twenty to twenty five as a plus, all he needs is seventeen to eighteen, and he can do that just fine. True. Now, yeah, yeah, that does balance the team out more. I would like to see that trade personally. I hope. I think it'd work out for both teams. I hope it happens. Simmons is obviously going to get traded this offseason. Who I knows? Hope, I, unless they're they're dumb, but I hope. Because man, when he I, passed up that dunk, like. Everybody could see. I think <laughs> Philly fans were even booing him like after he passed up. Like I was talking with, I can't remember who I was even talking with. I was talking with the friend. I think it was Caleb New at work. Actually, I was talking with. Him, I was like, yeah. So I mentally I see it just because I've played basketball in the sense of oh you think someone's gonna be there but they're not. But the different what I was saying. No, the di- <laughs> no wait. No, I was saying the difference is. If that was me, I'm going up against someone 6'4". He is 6'10", probably the most athletic player on the floor. There is no reason ever and ever why you're three feet away from the basket and shooting is not the option. Like, I have no idea. He just looked and was like, eh, I thought someone was coming over, so I'm passing it. Whoever it is, just go over the top of them. You are 6'10", <laughs> and one of the most athletic players in the entire league. Go over the top of them. It's not difficult, Ben. Benjamin. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I can't compare it to me playing. All I know is I saw him have a open dunk, like a clear open dunk. Pretty much waited for the contact to get there and just gave it up. Like he was clearly in his own head, clearly scared to go to the line. Like, man, he's just he's just too talented to 
broken. Not just, you know, develop. Oh, okay. Getting your elbow in and just following through. Like, if, it's all mental with these guys, which is crazy. You know what I mean? Because they used to say, like, Dwight Howard would shoot, like, 80% in practice. Mm-hmm. And then just go into the game. If he could... If Ben Simmons could even shoot Giannis level, he'd be, like, a top six player in the league. And this is... And that's not even, like... And that's Giannis. I like... like Scotty Pippen has been on, like, some sort of revenge tour lately. Like, he's been dropping insane quotes left yeah. and right. I won't get into, like, what he's been saying. But one thing I definitely agreed with him with that was such a great point that he said about Ben Simmons was Giannis can't shoot either. He's not afraid to get fouled. Like, he's going to keep coming at you no matter what. He's not going to give the ball up. Simmons is just running away from the ball. You know, yeah. not even wanting to be involved in the play. Not even trying to shoot, like. Sixers fans defend him all this time, and he like will not even develop a twelve foot shot, let alone a honestly, foul shot. You honestly, I mean? it'd be better at the end of the season if you saw Ben Simmons go six of thirty two from three than like zero of one. Yeah, some, just yeah. Be, I mean, least, obviously, exactly. He's at shown least no, show obviously, nothing. Obviously, shoot, don't you know shoot I mean? like hundred and fifty because you're not that kind of shooter. But right. if you shot thirty threes, which is like one every two and a half games, yeah, like, please, like, hey, thank you. Like, yeah, you're at least, at least you. trying to, or at least. Even if you shoot twenty five to thirty percent from the mid range, someone Shit. has to at least half go out to you because they're yeah. like, okay. I would take a pull up jumper in the at the mid range, like at least show that one's like if for him it's literally a dunk layup or a floater, like yeah, and he or a foul shot. And he's this talented and he's this good in the NBA and he's can't shoot at all. So exactly. Like, yeah. So he would be honestly an, with a shot. He's a top three player to me. Like I top don't think, three. Yeah, he leaps everybody. He would. He would be. He does everything at an A minus level or better, but shoot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So with I'm that. saying he would be. I, I think he. I think he would have. Sorry, he would have the potential to be a top three player in most the league. Def, most definitely. I don't think he. I mean, obviously, it depends who's what, but like, he would compare to like Anthony Davis. Like, if he had a jump shot, like he could, Anthony Davis the same way. And he, he stays healthier do, than healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I he can do saying. everything that Anthony. Like Anthony Davis does everything at about an A level, if not or A minus level, except for maybe. Playmaking. I, playmaking. Which Ben Simmons does that at an A minus plus level. Like mm-hmm. everything Ben Simmons does is that except for shooting. Yeah. Like I would I would love to see Simmons on a Giannis style team where it's you know, him going downhill and just mm-hmm. kicking the shooters. I'd like to see that. That'd be scary because that is a thing. And, and literally all he'd have to do is focus on his foul shots a little bit. Like you wouldn't even have to develop a mid range shot. Giannis barely has a mid range shot. Mm-hmm. Like get yourself a turnaround post up. A jump hook and you're and, good and you, you know could I mean? semi have that on portland like obviously damian lillard's damian lillard but uh-huh. like you could take the ball out of lillard's hand for a few minutes and literally just have ben simmons up top and i'm sure dame would be fine spotting up put his ass in the couple. pose he's 610 yeah. i i know i completely agree he just ben simmons needs to be put needs to put himself in opposite um into opportunities to score the basketball and not be a five-year-old kid Actually, no, a five-year-old kid would actually shoot the ball because all they want to do is shoot. But tonight, Who I... Who wins? What's the score? Milwaukee wins, and I have Milwaukee winning 103 to 97. I, I think, hope you're right. I think, if, I think if the game's under 100, then Milwaukee's going to win. I think if it's a solid, a little bit solid over 100, I think Milwaukee will lose. So I think that Interesting. I I obviously I think the Milwaukee Bucks can win if they go over 100. I think they're if they can hold the Suns to under 100, then I think that they'll have a good chance of winning. All right. 
All right, I hope you're right. I want. I'd rather see it tied up than uh, Milwaukee going down two zero. Yeah, at home. But yeah. you know what? It's, since it's the same form as everything else, and it's not what it used to be two three two. Oh yeah, that that benefited the Heat in 06 because they lost both the Ma- the Mavericks, but they had three or games. Two three one one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, no, it's two three two because. Um, oh yeah, you would have games six and seven at home. That's right. Because yeah. the Mavericks had. Because the Mavericks went up 2-0, and then the Heat won the next four, but they had three straight home games. So then mm-hmm. they were they were obviously rolling, and then went into Dallas and won Game Six. But like it was two three two instead of the two two one one one, which I like this format better. Definitely do, definitely do. Yeah, and it the road team almost has an advantage in a sense because if you win one at home or one if you win one on the road, you get three straight games <laughs> yeah. on your own court. So yeah, if you I win game one or it. two. Like, you have three straight games at home. And apparently they used to do it strictly for the media, so they wouldn't have to fly back and forth, which is crazy to think that yeah. they accommodate the media versus the players. Because, yeah, that gives a huge advantage to the team that doesn't have home court advantage. Yeah, Granted, you want that seventh game at home. Yeah, of course, but, like, you, get that anyway. you, have, you have to get to the seventh exactly, game. Exactly, yeah. And you get that anyway as you're the home team anyway. So. Yeah, so. It's, but yeah. I hope you're right. I'm rooting for the Bucks tonight. I'm always, I was having this conversation with somebody on Twitter always rooting for a game seven when it's not the Celtics like that's if we could have a playoffs that's all game sevens that'd be my ideal playoffs again unless it was my team see I would even game sevens like (laughs) it's the most fucking horrifying game sixes though I wouldn't mind as your team yeah game six just because just because you have good series I got an either or potential here but game sevens as a team feels like obviously like the Patriots every single Super Bowl game seven feels like a, a one game Play. It's yeah. It's it just feels the like the playoffs, like the NFL playoffs, which is why that's so crazy. Because every week is just win or go home. But the yeah. game sevens are. All right, so you got the Bucks by eight tonight. Yeah, six. One Bucks by six. One of three ninety-seven. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I'm. I almost want to lean towards Phoenix. I give Phoenix the edge. I want the Bucks to win though. But so your predictions, Phoenix. You want the Bucks. Yeah, I just okay. don't trust Bud. And by the way, okay. if that happens, I got the Bucks in Game Three, regardless. So, room for the Bucks, but I think the Suns might get it tonight. But room with it. And then uh, Game Three Sunday, UFC 264 Saturday. I'm hyped for that. Uh, return of Connor. I mean, not the return, return, but like Return okay, of Connor. I'll tell you this. Same thing. I'm rooting for Conor McGregor. I think. Dustin's. Think Dustin Poirier is gonna win. I feel that way. But then again, I just saw an interview with Connor with uh with Stephen A. And he was talking his shit again and not didn't seem forced like it seemed genuine mm-hmm. he wasn't talking shit to Poirier but yeah I don't know I don't know I'm it's not crazy a, going go ahead I was gonna say I'm not a big UFC guy I want Connor to win because then you possibly have the chance of Khabib coming out and if Khabib and Connor part two comes out then that'll be the greatest selling pay-per-view the UFC's ever seen and that'll be something special I think Khabib's only coming I think from what I've heard, I think Khabib would only come out if Connor was on the other side. That would be it, and that's what Connor was talking shit about him in his interview with Stephen A. I don't, I don't know if it would happen. Like I really don't. See, I, he seems pretty dead set on it, but if anybody could get him out, it would be Dana White and Conor McGregor. I'm assuming. See, I think, I think Khabib I has so much hate or like dislike for Connor, so like that it's where true. he would just literally see Connor feeling like he's on a pedestal and be like, I need to just kill this guy. He might. I don't know if Connor <laughs> McGregor would be. Charles Oliveira, though, is the thing. But I was, I watched Poirier McGregor 2 yesterday. Like 20 seconds before McGregor got knocked out, mm-hmm. he 
Didn't he feel like he was winning the fight, if I remember He correctly? definitely won round one. One round one. Round two was probably tied. Like, they were both landing shots. Like, he lands a good shot on Dustin Poirier, like, like I said, 15, 20 seconds before he gets knocked out. Mm. Um, Poirier destroyed him with leg kicks, and that's why he got knocked out. He couldn't move because, A, he got tagged. Then he couldn't move because he's got no leg. His leg's gone. Yeah. So, if he doesn't check the leg kicks, it's going to end exactly the same, especially unless Connor knocks him out in, like, early round two or round one. Yeah. Um, if he does check the leg kicks and he can stay on his feet, doesn't get taken to the ground. Who the hell knows what can happen? You know, Connor's got that knockout power, but Dustin Poirier's got that knockout power too. So mm-hmm. I'm rooting for Connor. My heart says Dustin Poirier's going to get it, but I'm, if he comes in motivated, you never know. For an outside UFC fan, I wouldn't even call myself for a supporter, mm-hmm. I would love if Connor won because I would love the spectacle of Khabib Connor. That's your idea. That's your that, idea. That's why I was rooting so hard US, for Connor in the last UFC's one. That's the UFC's idea. Like, you know how much yeah, money they could make off of that? Of course they would. <clears throat> and that's why I was rooting so hard for Connor in the second Poirier fight. Because mm-hmm. I was, it was right at the time when Khabib was like, yeah, I'm retiring, but Dana White was still talking to him. I truly think if Connor wins, that Khabib comes, like, this might be the fight tomorrow, Khabib and Connor. For all mm-hmm. we know, if Connor actually won in January. But. Yeah, I think that's, I think that would have to. Because I just think Khabib hates Connor so much that he'd just like look at him and just okay, I, but, I've got to shut this guy up. Yeah, but if Connor wins tomorrow, I don't, I don't see Khabib coming back immediately. I think he would have to take out Oliveira, which would be tough because Oliveira is insane, and mm-hmm. he's like the best ground fighter. I think that's what I've gathered from my little UFC uh, fanship. <laughs> but yeah, so that'd be a really tough matchup for him, and he's a good all-around fighter. So yeah. we'll see. Rune for Connor. But I think I think Poirier wins Saturday, and I think the Suns win tonight. So yeah, all right, well, long-winded way of uh, wrapping up that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, six minutes later, this was the Warner Brothers podcast. Absolutely, we out. <laughs>